Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Hello, everybody. Welcome back for a brand new episode of The Witching Hour. I am Perry Nemeroff, and I'm sitting next to my co-host, it's Haley Fouch. Hello. Hi, Haley. How are you? Pretty good. How you doing? Good. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But yeah. first, got to get some priority stuff out of the way, and you might like this. So listen closely. Haley's going to run down a couple of ways that, uh, yeah, you can get your hands on some cool stuff. Here, we got stuff, guys. You can have it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we have two giveaways for you today. And if I may say so, I think they're both pretty cool. Uh, the first one is a Rob Zombie prize pack giveaway. Ooh. Since his uh, Three from Hell was just out, we have got a, a a little prize pack for you guys that includes House of a Thousand Corp- Corpses, The Devil's Rejects, Halloween, Lords of Salem 31, and Three from Hell. That will be for... One grand prize winner, but additionally, we have two. Oh, <laughs> I lied. That's for two of you grand prize winners. But additionally, we have uh, two Three from Hell Blu rays for the second place winners. And uh, for both of these, what we're going to do is put up a little tweet. This, these are going to be Twitter giveaways. So uh, when you see the tweet go up, you must like, you must retweet, and we will pick our winners from there. The second is also pretty cool, if I may say so myself. Uh, This one is not a physical giveaway. This one is a digital giveaway, but it's like a bountiful one. We've got two winners who will receive seven titles from Shudder and RLJE Films. Those seven titles are Gwen, Last Ones Out, The Night Shifter, Ruin Me, The Noonday Witch, and I'm really excited about these ones, Satan Slaves and Terrified, Ooh. both of which are really super, super spooky. Um, so all seven of those, you will get digital codes for two winners. Again, that will be one grand prize winner for the Rob Zombie pack, two second prize winners with three from Hell Blu-rays, and two winners of seven 
codes. My goodness, that's so much numbers <laughs> for so me happy. just trying to give you guys horror I'm so movies. Happy you had to do it, yes. not me. Uh, um, but yes, turn to, go go to Twitter, like retweet. Those will be up today, and that is how you enter. Good luck to everybody out there. I hope you get some good stuff. So on the agenda today is like a mishmash of stuff. Yeah. We're we're kind of just like. We're sitting back a little. We're relaxing and we're just going to talk about all this random stuff that's in the horror movie news realm right now and actually TV too. But first, Haley, it is like I was about to say the first week of October. It's kind of like between the first and the second week. We're like third How dare way, you say something like that. I don't know. I'm we're not like, at all prepared for we're October. We're like a third of the way through the month. Yes. So like <laughs> what Halloweeny things have you done thus far and what do you have coming up? Ooh, Halloweeny things. Yeah. Mm, that's depressing. I've just been working all the time. So, like, my Halloween things are wearing my Halloween clothes. Okay. Like, oh, God, I wish you guys could see her stockings I, today. I got some leggings with some, some boo ghosts and skeletons. I, I had made you pumpkins. sit on the table at movie. Yeah. Turn, movie <laughs> talk with my feet up and relax. It was a very relaxing conversation today. Um, it was not. No, no, it wasn't. (laughs) We talked about comedy and PC culture. So much fun. fun. We're not going to talk about that here. No, no, no. Um, I guess something that I did recently within genre is I finished Stephen King's new book, The Institute. Yes. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) It's just incredible how how many books he delivers and how good they all are. Um, I also put the call on Twitter because... Now that that book's done, the only way I can get through the rest of the hours of running I have to do is with another book mm-hmm. to distract me from all of that. And I think the overwhelming favorite in the, you know, which one should I move on to next is The Outsider. Oh, interesting. A, l- a ton of people recommended it. I almost went to Joyland just because yeah. I was reading the synopsis as they were coming in. I'm like, which one interests me more? I like theme park type stuff. So that mm-hmm. seems like a good path for me. But every I mean, so many people kept saying Outsider. And also, I know that they're adapting it. And I would like to have read it before I see it. So I can't remember. Did you ever do the stand? I didn't. Well, I didn't do the stand, but I think you even told me that it's just it's so dense that it might not be good running material. Oh, I guess. I mean, it's long for the for the run. I need something with like an early sense of urgency to it, like something Uh, that forces me at every single turn to say, like, what's happening next? What's happening next? Otherwise, that's when I start to lose focus and start to feel miserable when I'm running a lot. (laughs) Huh? Well, um, right. Didn't you say that to me? I'm not sure if I would have said that because I actually do think it the the first part of the book is among the most urgent and intense. So it like immediately grabs you. Uh, But it is. I could pivot. It's long is what I would have said. It's very, very long, Uh, but it is spectacular. And you definitely will want to have listened to it before the adaptation comes out. That is true. I mean, that that actually is. And it is, again, long. So you should start soon. (laughs) All right, so how long is it? My It audiobook was, oh, I mean, it's pretty comparable, actually. Yeah. My It audiobook was 44 hours long, I believe, and this one is 47 hours and 47 minutes long. That sounds right, because they were both equally difficult to carry <laughs> as physical books. That makes sense. Maybe I will go on to this next. One or the other. I mean, I mean there's realistically, a lot. I'll have time to do both, knowing me with this running nonsense you are running an absurd amount oh yeah but so for that, a good that's reason. also halloweeny plans is just yes. like the sheer terror of running this <laughs> stupid thing um no i'm actually very proud that i've gotten this far and i'm very excited and Have i'm you, sure i'm gonna be very proud of myself when it's over but it's hard 
Yeah. Like, this is probably one of the most taxing things I think I've ever done in my life. Yeah, it's for sure a, a, a choice and a commitment. Yeah, it is. Um, you did Salem's Lot? Which one? Salem's Lot? I read it already. Okay, good, good. I, I like I Salem's Lot a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's that's another one that I think is uh, due for a stronger adaptation. Well, uh Oh. Care Bears on it. Right? I was going to say, <laughs> there's so many out there. I can't keep track. I think the one that I'm most eagerly anticipating, though, is the adaptation of The Long Walk. I th- uh-huh. Like, who who has that one? It's, I don't remember right now. It's, it's been in a lot might of development. It might be. I, like, I want to say Flanagan, but I don't think it's him. Just to clarify, Gare Bear is not my nickname for him. I, I, I do not know him that well. He seems extremely lovely, but someone oh, no. said that once. It's, and it, I It's Andre Overdahl it. who has the long walk. Okay, That's that where it is. And I think he's doing the long walk before he's doing the uh, the Demeter movie, the, the Dracula boat movie. Uh, Dracula boat. You you didn't read about that? No. Um, oh, it was just like four days ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah where they're uh, they're making say that, like it's something I should have known oh, since I don't childhood know. or I, something. I I live in the movie news bubble every <laughs> single day of my life. That's how it comes out. Uh, but in case anybody out there doesn't know, Andre Overdahl also recently signed on to make a movie about the boat that takes Dracula from I believe it's Transylvania to London and what happens on that where there's like one raving mad survivor and. You know, it's about Dracula, I guess, picking crew members off one by one. And Sounds like a vampire thing to do. If it's in Andre Overdahl's hands, I <laughs> will watch it. The same is true of Gare Bear, of Mike <laughs> Flanagan, of the Muschietti's. Yes. The list goes on and on. And we are having a, a good... I think we're having a good horror year. And I, I think we're agree. having a good Stephen King year, too. I think we are having a good horror year. I think that it's unfair fair because it's compared to like the preceding three years which were some of like the best years for horror and film Tis history that's true. true but uh, we also haven't even gotten dr sleep for all we sure. know that could propel this year to levels that we're not even expecting right now it could i've it got my could. fingers crossed i i am reluctant to like get hopes up too high just because i don't know i want to i don't want to put that many eggs in one film's basket kind of i'm so um, i'm so mixed on the expectation yeah. thing right now because i don't know part of the reason why i love existing in this world 24 7 and i love my job so much is how excited i get about certain things and it's like i know you don't want to go in with sky high expectations and then be disappointed for yeah. that reason but i also wouldn't trade my my high hopes for anything in the world that's half the fun of this i oh i i have high hopes i just like I don't want to put it on Flanagan to be like, make this an iconic year in horror with your one movie. I guess High Hopes is different than like, give me a masterpiece. Yeah, exactly. Like, live up to The Shining, bruh. Yeah. That's a tough order. Or maybe live up to The Shining, but in your own way kind of thing. Well, ideally, it's just, it's a, he's got a lot to contend with there. And my heart is with him and I hope he pulls it off. I'm rooting for him. It's a, I wrote a piece about this for the BMD fall horror magazine that just like what he has to do with this movie is mm-hmm. insane. The needles he has to thread and really it is, is multiple needles. Like it's very, I believe in him. I have. Did you watch faith. that last behind the scenes featurette? I did because not. I watched it and I think it just made me even more obsessed with Rebecca Ferguson as Rose the hat. There's a couple <laughs> of shots where it's just like her eyes light up and she's got the hat on. And I'm, I'm like, wanna, you like, are just, her. you're so perfect in I this know. role. I can't handle it. I, I don't tend to identify with like the younger generation's way of expressing sexuality through violence, but honestly, run me over. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm loving everything she's doing okay. there. I don't think I can top that. So I'll wrap up the Doctor Sleep conversation um, there. I do. Well, 
Oh, no, no, no. Are no. you sticking in, in a similar world? Because I have like yeah. a completely out of left field question that I'm determined to ask you. So you go first. Oh, well, so like since we're talking about like spooky Halloween-y things, I, I did forget a couple things. Um, like things that you've done? Yeah. Let's hear it. Well, um, obviously Fantastic Rest, but which is like my unofficial start of the season because you just go watch horror movies yeah. for a week. But also, I went to the Jennifer's Body Screening at Beyond oh, Fest. Oh, shit, I saw you posted yeah. about that, and I was so jealous. It was so much fun. And, uh, man, like, Megan Fox, I stan. I really do. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, as a culture, done her dirty big time. And that's sort of what the Q&A was focused on a bit. Huh, well, it was about how the film was done dirty yeah. by critics. And really, I don't know, if you guys go back and review or read the reviews that came out at the yeah. time, they are appalling. Appalling. Um, but also just uh, our treatment of Megan Fox was appalling. And she really talked a lot about that um, at the Q&A, which was moderated by Jordan. I don't know how to say her last name from Vulture. I will butcher Cricholia. Oh, I'm not going to try. Yeah, sorry, darling. Uh, but really great stuff. And you can, I think you can now read the whole Q&A huh. over at Vulture. Um, <clears throat> they just were so open and insightful. And Megan Fox talked about, you know, her her battles with the way that the world wanted ownership of her body at yeah. that time and what it was like to film that really, you know, horrifying scene while she was feeling that way, while she was feeling out of control of her own image and of her physical body and exploited. And it was just, it was a fascinating conversation. I can't recommend you read that enough. But also, on a lighter note, I got to take Vinny, who saw it for the first time. What? And it was a delight. Okay. Yes. Vinny is a delight, period. He is. He's a a gem of a human, and he, of course, enjoyed it very much. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Yes, it was was a real treat. So that was a fun Halloween-y thing to do. You know what the Halloween-iest thing I've done is? What? Had some candy corn. Because I fucking love candy corn, (laughs) and I don't care who feels the other way. (laughs) So you you do like candy corn. I really do. I look, I like candy corn. I like pineapple on my pizza, all right? I'm here to like really give you the hot takes today. I can't can't go for pineapple on pizza, but I don't judge anybody who likes it. (laughs) I'm actually on the hunt right now for pizza. Ooh. Like Um, pizza? Like as in, I need pizza in my life at the point we're recording this tomorrow night specifically. Okay. So if there's if there's a pizza option out there that you could share with me, interesting. It's got nothing to do with Halloween, but I just like it's time for pizza. Like in the Burbank area, um, maybe not in the Valley. Okay, because I was gonna say you're screwed. No, <laughs> no, I think not I, good. I think I'm thinking more uh, more Culver City. All right, maybe, maybe I'll ponder. All right, please, yeah. please, you have homework now. That's right. Um, now our homework. So our homework is basically going through the movie news cycle right now. Yeah. Where do we want to start? Can I just start with like the list that you put together here, and we'll run down it? Well, maybe give me like three minutes to do my quick, quick little review here. Since you oh my haven't god, seen yes, it. please. Yes, actually, I'm going to squeeze. Oh, a I'm excited to hear about this. Couple in. Okay. Very quickly. I have flights coming up, so I need downloadable content. Yes, this is downloadable. And it is spooky. Mm. Um, I spent a lot of time in bed over the weekend and binged um, Netflix Marianne, French horror series. And it is a spooky little beast. Uh, it's, it's like, I don't know. 
Once you've seen the whole series, I find that it's very hard to give a synopsis without giving things away. But it, it is essentially about a writer who created a, a character for her best-selling novels that may have, in fact, come from something that was influencing her in her childhood and not from her brain. And then she goes home and things get bad. Mm. And, like, the show is not really here to pull punches. Like, they get bad real fast and, like, <laughs> really aggressively. Uh, and it's very, very um, effective. They do a lot of visual tricks that would be things I would tend to be annoyed by almost. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they really worked for me. Like, you know... Um, I'm trying to think of a really good example. Just like faces with big black eyes and open mouths, stuff like that. I'm like usually like, yeah, whatever. But they didn't do it well. And uh, it it was effective. I feel <laughs> like there's something about that that always has an eerie quality to me. Sometimes. Like when someone opens their mouth super wide and yeah. it's just like a black abyss. It but freaks me out. Sometimes I think it's cheap. And then I thought the way they did it here wasn't cheap. Okay. I thought it was really good. There's one scene with someone opening their mouth really wide that I was like, oh, hell. <laughs> um, but they do other things too it's not just like face horror uh, it, it, <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing I don't know now I'm going to start repeating that maybe <laughs> that's what bothers me is when like it's the movie's one gag right is that <laughs> yeah, they have yeah. spooky faces um, I will <laughs> like it was pretty funny I was almost done with the season I was getting into like when it's really boiling how many episodes I want to say eight okay. maybe just curious somewhere in there it's not long, but it's not super short like a British show. Uh, well, I just watched Crashing finally, and I was like, what? It's six 30-minute episodes? Oh. Devastating. Well, I haven't thought about that in a while. I yeah. watched the first two episodes and for whatever reason never finished it. Not the Pete Holmes. Oh, never mind. Uh, the Phoebe Waller-Bridge one. No, I didn't watch that. <laughs> it's really good, and you shouldn't. It's on Netflix. Two completely different Not things. horror at all, but fair warning. Okay. Very short. Um, Marianne is not that short. I think it's like eight-hour-long episodes. So I was like, I think I was six deep. I went out to go to the restroom. It was pretty late at night. I'm coming back out of the restroom, and my aunt, just lovely woman, had just come back from the kitchen and turned off all the lights and was walking down the hallway. And I learned that should I ever see a dark figure of a ghost in a hallway, my reaction is to go, oh, fuck you, because I screamed at her. (laughs) Screamed at her. I think that would be my reaction, too. We've yeah. spoken about this before, but I feel like if I saw something, like, spooky, I would just kind of, like, stand there and freeze and be like, what the I did not freeze. I immediately went, oh, fuck you. Oh, no, I think I would look. <laughs> like, I think I would look and have, like, like a, like a slow, yeah. quiet, what the fuck kind of thing. Maybe. Maybe not after you've just watched eight hours or six hours of a very scary well, if show. We're, if we're talking about, like, ghosty things, yeah. what is running away going to do anyway? No, it's going to come and get I, you, I, I so I'd rather just get one good look. I didn't run. I verbally assaulted. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that is that's, a tactic. I, that's my strategy, I guess, uh, against ghouls and ghosts. I don't but, think I have a strategy. No, I it don't. It makes me sad. I, that was clearly not a strategy to swear at my relative. <laughs> Uh, Marianne, huge recommend. Really enjoyed. Give me the spooky night times. Also, not just because I yelled at someone, but like, you know, when you're trying to go to sleep and it's dark and you're like, oh, I wish that image would get out of my head. That kind of thing. I don't have that as much as I should. Oof. But I'd like to see the show test me. Do you have bad nightmares? No. Ah, that's I don't like remember dreams or. Oh, anything i have very traumatic nightmares so when I've i have got an like image a, stuck I mean, i've got I'm a afraid. couple of dreams that i've yeah. remembered all my life type thing uh-huh. it's like 
this is probably no surprise. It's like dentist dreams or things that I have <laughs> fairly regularly. But uh-huh. but otherwise, I don't know. I just like I don't tend to remember them very vividly either. I worked for a long time to get there. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing is when you remember the good ones, you also remember the bad yeah, ones. Yeah. Um, but I also want to put a little spotlight on Harpoon, which is the new... Uh, Yellow Veil Pictures movie that is out in theaters as of last week in limited theaters and is now, as of this week, available on VOD. And it's just a really uh, kind of fun... Uh, that's maybe the wrong word, but you know how horror is. Uh, it's, a, it's a dark <laughs> and, and comedic, sur- not survival, kind of relationship drama meets survival film about three people in a love triangle who get stuck at sea together. Oh, oh, oh that's my kind of movie. Yeah. Pretty entertaining. Pretty good stuff. <laughs> is it weird to say that I love movies about people getting stranded in the ocean? Yeah, I it's hate like that. I just revisited. <laughs> I revisited the reef recently. Ooh, the reef is so good. Very effective. It's so good. I really like that movie. Actually, it is very well done. Um, but I also hate that movie because the ocean is one of yeah. the scariest things in the world. I feel about the ocean probably the way you feel about Dennis, which is like it should fuck off forever along with bees for you. <laughs> I uh, think uh, someone's fear is probably a little more rational than the others, though. Meaning mine is like I know clearly like, more rational. No, I'm no, like I, I'm full well ready to admit that it's stupid. Every, like yeah. every person goes to the dentist. They give you're not you no. Novica- I don't know. I just I can't handle it. It's, I actually just put my next dentist appointment in my calendar, mm-hmm. and like I'm already sweating over it. I I get it. It's an it's extremely common phobia. Over a month away. Damn it. Well, I mean. I don't know, man. That's a long time to be worried about a very short appointment. But I understand. No, no, it's going to be short, though. What if it turns into a longer appointment? What if they find something? But like a couple hours? Like Yeah, like what if it... Still they, pretty short, my love. I, I'm not judging you. I'm I just know, saying I like... You're I, right. You're right. I feel bad that your time investment mentally is a month for something that, worst case, could be like four hours. There's a very rational way to explain it to me. It's just but like, I, it, why, doesn't, it doesn't stop. I don't have rationale. I'm sitting over here terrified <laughs> of the ocean when I haven't been on a boat in like 10 years. Huh. So, no, don't okay. look to me for wisdom. Everyone's, everyone's got their thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, fuck the ocean and definitely don't go out there if you like want to kill the people you're with would be oh my God. advice. Uh, but that's I'm really watch this. Where do I watch that? Movie? It's a good one. It's it just came out on VOD. Uh, it's I like it. You know, I love a, a nice tight film. I think it's like 89 minutes or something like that. It's a it moves one hour and 23 minutes. 83 even better. And it's Loves only it. right now. It's only showing me a theater to see it in. Oh, really? Um, wait, this might be it. I was like, do I have more time oh, to post my review? Oh, no, this is not it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's coming. I assure you. Okay. It arrives very soon. I would love if it's not today because, honestly, I need to write a review. No, it is today. It's available. You can get it on Amazon. Okay. No, cool. no, no. It's not the right harpoon. It's the wrong harpoon. Yeah, you are correct. I think that's exactly what I just saw. Wow. Um, epic pictures. Glass. <laughs> can um, we get to the bottom of this In theaters mystery. October 4th, and the movie will be available on Blu-ray and TVOD from, what, the, what does TVOD mean? Television on demand. I know, oh, but like, so maybe it's like, but, but what television ooh. on demand? You know what I mean? Yeah, I see, I see. So maybe it's not online. Maybe it's just on TV. Wait, this has a link. TVOD. This is the premium content you come I to mean, us it's for. On, sorry, guys. <laughs> it's on iTunes right okay. now. So maybe it'll be available on iTunes. Yeah. Okay. But does iTunes even exist anymore? Oh, my does God. Is it Apple TV? I don't know. 
Right. So such a confusing <laughs> time to be alive, it my really friends. Is. And to have a Remember whole lot of like uh, digital media. 40 movies and they all went to theaters. Remember that? Back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the good old days. All right. One last, one last little capsule yes, for you. Yes. And I think that you have seen this one. What is it? The Platform. Fuck yeah, The Platform. That movie is awesome. Holy shit, that movie is great. Yes. I think that might be one. Of, I mean, Riley said it when we talked about it on Movie Talk recently, and I think I've hit the point where it might be one of my favorite movies it's of the year. It's real good. Like, it's definitely in my top 20 right now, flirting with my top 10. That is, that is just like a freaking genius concept that is fascinating and the way that that whole like the way it's blocked the way it's shot the mm-hmm. production design i like i'm fascinated it's i like i had heard that it was good but you know festival hype you gotta take it for what it is sometimes i was very impressed and someone who saw it at fantastic fest was like i was saying i was so bummed that i missed it but they were like don't even worry it's a concept film it will work just as well at home and they were absolutely correct yeah absolutely correct you know i may not have watched it on the big screen with the surround sound which i'm sure was a better experience but i was absolutely freaking out yeah like it is so effective and bleak and brutal and for those of you who haven't heard of it the basic idea is that people are in a very tall tower with hundreds of levels and there is one tray of food that starts at the top do we know it's a tower well if it's it's an underground facility okay i guess i just mean uh, with lots of floors stacked on top of each other But i mean yeah this is is part of the reason why the movie excites me it's because i want to know every like nook and cranny of of sure what is actually happening trying to tell them what it's about okay (laughs) but it people stacked on top of other people underground above ground we don't know could be both maybe it's one of those scenarios but the the food starts on the top giant platform of food moves down through the bottom obviously when it gets to lower there is not much food left it's a very clever commentary on society about those who are above you those who are below you and how easily that can all change and it is merciless yes it is woof it re- it but i mean re- that it's a good woof it's a yeah a, a definitely a good woof it's like you know it's a, it's the kind of movie that leaves you with a well-earned pit in your stomach. Yes. And that that's the kind of whenever I walk out of a movie with negative feelings, that's what I want to happen. I want it them to be earned or tears or happy. Or t- yeah. Like or laughs, you know, my whatever emotions, it is. you son of a yeah, bitch. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, okay, you want to move into news? Yeah. All right, I'm just going down your list here. Let's talk about the first trailer for AMC's new The Walking Dead series, which According to the dot-com title, and I would agree with it, has strong YA vibes. Hey, I wrote that, so I also agree with it. This this doesn't even feel like Walking Dead to me. I mean, it's not like that's a bad thing, because, Mm -hmm. I mean, to be completely honest, I stopped watching. I haven't really started again. Not a matter of not wanting to, because I have heard that the seasons have improved, and I'm curious to go back, and I want to finish out their story, but it's just... When I have only so much time, it slipped down my priority list, so I'm not going to go back. And this trailer didn't really encourage me to dig into this this larger world that they're creating because this feels like a whole lot of rehashed YA things that I've seen before. Yeah, I I both agree and do not agree. Like, I agree that it doesn't really feel like The Walking Dead until they sort of step outside and you're like, well, that clearly looks like the same world and the zombies look like Walking Dead zombies. Um, But I also, like, we already have two of those. We have The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead, which ultimately just evolved in The Walking Dead 0.5 or something. Um, They feel very much the same. And I'm good. 
I don't watch either of them. I don't need another one of those. I, I stopped watching both of them. Um, and same things you said. I, I, I probably watch more than you all catch up occasionally because my mom's super passionate about it wow. still. So okay. uh, she'll catch me up on what's happening and I'll be like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. I mean, Let's I watch usually, that episode. That winds up being the thing. It's yeah. like when you have someone in your life that's encouraging you to keep up with it so you yeah. can keep the conversation going. It's like when we were doing the Walking Dead recap shows here. Like I, I was actually pretty excited to watch it and then talk about it and dissect it. But then once that show went away, I don't know. I lost the urgency to keep up with it. There's just, I mean... Look, I have heard it got better, but it was for many years the same story over and over yes, again. Yes, it was. And that's a real buzzkill, uh, which is to say we don't need that anymore. So, uh, or another one of those. Yeah. So I'll see what they're doing with the teens and the sexy pokes, apocalyptic Nico Tortorella and all of that. Um, I Maybe, maybe, we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm at least... They're committed to building this universe in different directions, and I very much believe that the way to do that is by hitting different genres, and instead of staying and doing just more shows that are the same thing, uh, we don't need another Walking Dead, we don't need another Fear of the Walking Dead, and if they want to, you know, they're also going to be doing those movies with Rick, so we'll, we'll have that. I feel like in... Mo in many other instances, I've said to myself, like, this concept has more life done in a different tone, style, with different characters. And in my brain right now, Walking Dead is depleted. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm over it. It's like, I don't know. This is probably a bad comparison. But when I think about, you know, what they did with Bandersnatch and, oh, what if you do that? Straight horror. What if you do it with comedy? Like, mm. that intrigues me. I want more of that. I, I'm maxed out on Walking Dead. I don't want any more of it. <laughs> like, even though I'm complaining that it's not, this trailer doesn't feel like it takes place in the same world, despite some of the visuals once they get outside looking the same, I don't even want more of that anyway. I yeah. almost wish that, you know, like AMC would put the whole franchise to bed and then maybe use those resources to explore something new. Well, it is interesting. Uh, I believe today we learned that the Walking yeah, Dead I know where you're going with debuted that. to its lowest premiere numbers. So it is an interesting thing that they're trying to spin out this massive franchise around something that is effectively dying off with each season. Yeah. I, I didn't wasn't last season until this season the lowest I mean, it, premiere it feels numbers. Like we've covered that story time yeah. and time again for too many years now. And it, it I don't know. I don't mean to be so harsh because I know the show has fans and I never want to root for something to go away if someone out there is really enjoying it, but I don't, in, in my brain, at least, this thing is over and done with. And, you know, I think you could still find post-apocalyptic scenarios and you could, you know, work with that kind of thing and still stick within that subgenre, mm -hmm. but in a, in a different, fresh way. You know, well, you've done enough zombie. So my mom was watching it last year and uh, I was like, I was like, all right, I'll sit down and watch an episode with you. And the zombies have become so periphery, almost. <laughs> they well, were, they yeah. were walking through the streets, and the zombies were just like, in the background. And I legitimately asked her, I was like, so do the zombies not eat people anymore? Because none of them were attacking the characters. Well, it, it, the show definitely became much more so about the living evil yeah. that you're stuck in this sure. world with. And I thought that was interesting for a time. But then those stories, like you said, got a little too repetitive, and I lost interest in them. And, you know, the, I mean, the Negan thing for me at least sputtered out so so hard that <laughs> yeah that was like, a I, I don't know 
I didn't care anymore. And it felt less like, I mean, even though there were a lot of great zombie effects, I kind of wanted to see them go back in that direction. Towards an actual zombie movie. Yeah. Style. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of missed that. But I don't know. Then again, it's like every single corner of The Walking Dead that I once enjoyed felt like it was done to death, which just to me is an overall sign of close the book, move on to something else. I will say, as I said, my mother is the biggest diehard I know, and she still, like, she gets excited when it comes back, and she watched it on Sunday night, but when I asked her the other day, I was like, how was your big premiere? She's like, I don't know. I'm just not really as invested anymore. It's like a a sense of duty now that she has to watch it until it's over. I get that. Out of joy for new episodes. I... I'm actually not having it this season with American Horror Story, but there have been seasons where like I do I do feel an intense sense of of duty and like I'm forever linked to that show and can never let a season go by without (laughs) me watching it. So I get I get that. I'm like you're you're a little more hardcore than me because I straight up quit when I don't like the season. Like I uh, wish I could do that. Freak show. I was like, peace out. Bye. Good thing with yeah. that one. Because that, that <laughs> freak show, more so than any other season of American Horror Story, is like so freaking high on my shit list. Yeah. So high on my shit list. I've never felt so like... I've never felt like I've been given a bigger middle finger from a show that I fell in love with yeah. more so than that particular season of American Horror Story. I will say, though, now when that season came out, I felt that I could still get away with that. I'm not sure I would be comfortable doing it now that um, Ryan Murphy has chosen to make everything so interconnected. I I would now, I guess, feel like I have to finish the seasons. Yeah. Womp, I mean, that is understandable, yeah. especially when still all of my theories are deeply connected to a yeah. number of other seasons. So, At the time, it was like, this is an anthology. I don't like this version of it. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Uh, but now you can't do that no. anymore. Boo. Nope, nope. <laughs> all right. So switching gears to a trailer that is actually much more my speed and uh, also Teen Apocalypse uh-huh. is uh, the trailer for Daybreak. I, I thought this was super fun. I thought yeah. it had a great energy to it. I liked the different feel. And that's kind of what you need to do to sell me on a show at this point. Show me something that I haven't, not that I've necessarily never seen before in my life, but at least has like a little bit of a unique flavor or energy to it. And this had that. And it was very catchy for me. It is very catchy. I'm not on the same page that it's original. And I, yeah, I, I don't want to. <laughs> That's like, kind of why I semi walked back. Why? Why I was <laughs> what I was saying. I don't want to like smack down anybody's creation or anything, but this did feel very algorithmy to me. Um, I can watch algorithmy. it. Algorithmy. Yeah, that's a real thing, though. It You're is, right. <laughs> and it. You know, I was like, "Ooh, that part feels like Mean Girls. That part feels like Ferris Bueller. That part. Ooh, he's breaking the fourth wall. I guess they like Deadpool. Like <laughs> a lot of it felt like references to other things, which yeah. is fine. Uh, you can absolutely. Tarantino made a career out of comboing elements to make something really cool and something really unique. That mm-hmm. is sort of the gold standard of pastiche, is what Tarantino is able to do. Not many people can do it. But um, I definitely was able to see a lot of uh, references in there. I almost wish they had taken that a step further then. Yeah. It's like maybe it could have, you know, embraced the meta-ness of Scream, but in an apocalyptic scenario where it's like, you know, these kids trying to fight but using, you know, their movie know-how in order to do it. I'm trying to think even the synopsis is like that. Oh, yeah, that's not the right website at all. Because I wrote up this trailer yesterday. 
Um, I think it was yesterday. I honestly can't tell days apart anymore. Do you want the synopsis from the article? <clears throat> yeah, I well, I'm here. trying to look at the one part where there there is a description of the show where they're essentially like referencing other things to describe it. Oh, like Battle Royale? Yeah, but it's a full set. Okay, yeah, here it is. Um, Daybreak is part samurai saga, part endearing coming-of-age story, and part Battle Royale. Like, they are very much hinging on other genres and properties to describe themselves. Yeah. Again, this doesn't make me brush it off. It just feels algorithmy. Um, it is set in Glendale, which is it hilarious. Is. I find that interesting. Genuinely hilarious. <laughs> Uh, I live in Glendale, and it is, like, the most suburban city, so the idea of this rampant teen party apocalypse is really cracking me. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to watch this. Oh, I f- for yeah. sure I'm this watching it. Also, Netflix will always have the advantage until other streaming services start having the downloadable element to it. Ooh, so I think Hulu just did it. <gasps> like, no way! Yeah. No way! This is the most <laughs> yeah. I saw it yesterday. Oh, please tell me that that is a real thing right now. Well, also Amazon has it, right? Amazon does have it, but I feel like I haven't... I don't know. There's there's something about um, Amazon's library that doesn't encourage me to like binge download like Netflix does, if I that makes that. any sense. It's almost like I'm, I'm so overwhelmed by Amazon. It's like you can't give me... A library of films, original movies and TV <laughs> content, but then also like like paper goods. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just it's such yeah. a big world. It's like I think my brain has compartmentalized Amazon to be for like ordering things that I don't feel like going yeah. to Ralph's for, but also audiobooks and nothing else. Oh. I, Amazon has a really good uh, film collection. I don't watch as much TV there, maybe for the reasons you're speaking to, except it, I, I, I've watched Fleabag like literally 10 times now, so I go there a lot for I did that. watch Fleabag, actually. Um, but yeah, so I just figured the catch, not figured, I just found it. I don't know why I can't speak words <laughs> okay. with my I mouth. I don't know how much gibberish I've said today. <laughs> Super cool that we're uh, this far gone on a Tuesday. This will air on Thursday, but we record on Tuesday. Um, the catch, the caveat, the Hulu thing is only available for people with no ad plans. So not for base subscribers. Yeah. Just rain on my parade. Why don't you? I know. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. What do you want to talk about next? What do we want to talk about next? You want to talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark briefly? Sure. I don't like that clip. You don't like it? No, and it made me a little sad. But oh. maybe it's not fair because this is probably being geared towards younger horror fans. The and youths. I don't know. It just didn't work for me. But I feel like that's... I don't know. I feel like you can make horror that appears to young adults and adults alike. I mean, mm-hmm. they just did it with scary movies to tell in the dark. There's something about it... It, this clip in three minutes cutting to three different storylines and mm. I'm like whoa guys focus on one thing especially for a promotional clip you would think that you would want you know your viewers to get enveloped in a particular scenario so they feel encouraged to tune in and see what happens next but also sure. one segment to me felt like a fine I mean this is actually kind of what you were saying before about daybreak one section felt like a final destination ripoff mm. one felt like you know I mean crummy little creatures coming out of the water which i mean the second she stuck her hand in to get the yeah. coin i knew what was going to happen she was going to get pulled in and then the other one with the people on stilts it's like that didn't look like any particular like 
creature or anything with a slightly scary supernatural quality. That looked like stunt performers on stilts, like someone <laughs> I had seen yesterday in a carnival, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's like none of them worked for me. Yeah. Mm, I wasn't or, in love with it, but I, I, I also wasn't in love with scary story to tell in the dark. So I right. may not care for horror for children at this point in my life. I wonder life. if a stronger thing to have done, maybe, now, now that I'm saying this, this is kind of stupid, is to, you know, maybe give the first clip be of the, the Midnight Society coming together. That's interesting. I, I, I could buy into that. Creating a little more of a, you know, a connection with the characters mm-hmm. that you're about to experience all these stories with. Because I felt, I felt like I was just thrown into the deep end and the deep yeah. end wasn't good enough for me to be like, all right, I'm into this. I definitely hardcore agree that I don't think it was the best marketing clip. Um, I'm not sure that I've, I, I'm, I'm opposed to anything they're doing within the show necessarily. I did realize watching it that Are You Afraid of the Dark has become one of those things that I love based on nostalgia more than anything because I truly can't remember it. I was oh. like trying to remember the specifics of what I loved about that show so much. And it's just been, I'm too old. I don't remember. I think it's the, it's always the fantasy quality yeah. of it to me. It's like the idea of kids telling stories and these stories essentially coming to life before your eyes. I don't know. Yeah. There was always something that would make me think it's like, what would I do in this situation? And I loved horror so much as a kid that was always like a fun, you know, like yeah. a mind fuck kind of thing for me. I, I only remember the Midnight Society. I do not remember really? the actual scary stories. It's They're, very strange. I actually find them highly rewatchable, oh. or at least some of my favorites. I haven't tried. I'm not saying they're not. Yeah. I really haven't watched since I was a kid. I should give it a, a, I, a reboot or I would, a revamp. I would what? recommend it. Um, a the rewatch, name, for yeah, fuck's yeah. sake. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? We all speak the same language, Haley. <laughs> we, we know what you mean. Um, I mean, I always talk about this one, but it's the one in Inspired by Nosferatu that always ah. that that one has stuck in my mind those visuals have stuck in my mind since day one and I have watched it fairly recently and I still think it plays well I will say this new one had yeah it felt very similar to uh scary stories to tell in the dark and it felt very goosebumpsy to me like yeah. uh obviously those have different tones this felt closer to the goosebumps end of the spectrum less scary because Jeremy Ray Taylor's in it um yeah maybe but also the color schemes and just the general approach to scariness felt lighter than like as we discussed um scary stories to tell in the dark is actually pretty darn scary at points especially for the kiddos oh you know who really surprised me what's the kid who put what's his name that plays the bad kid in scary stories uh oh my god no absolutely never i was all i was all excited about this because like, I've only seen him in things recently where he plays, like, the nasty kid, and I thought that character was, was fairly <laughs> one note. And uh-huh. then, um, oh, my God, I don't know why I want to call him Austin, but I feel like that's not that's- his name. No, it is. Austin, Austin Abrams. All right. Um, I finally binge-watched all of Euphoria, and oh, yeah, yeah. I think he is so good in that. I think that this year, the pairing of his role in Euphoria and his role in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark makes me think that he has so much range and now I can't wait to see more from him because I've seen both ends of the spectrum. He was good in He Euphoria. really excites me in Euphoria because I feel like that's a role that really benefits from the nuance he brings uh-huh. to it. So I Austin Abrams, even, I am a fan. I want to see more of you. I wasn't even remembering who he played because it's kind of a side character, but yeah, he's good. Uh, Euphoria, thoughts? 
Oh, I loved it. Oh, cool. I absolutely loved it. Yes, I think the the general consensus that episode one is a lot, and if you make it past episode yeah. one, there's a lot the show has to offer. But I mean, by the time I mean, I was really sold on it by the time I got to the end of episode two. I think. Mm. Episode one is basically a shock to the system. And then two is where you start to really live with these characters. Mm -hmm. And I really wound up taking to all of them by the end of the show. And Zendaya is a damn national treasure. She's amazing. She is incredible, though. There's, I I think it happens in uh, episode three where she's banging on a door towards the end. And I'm just like, you are incredible. (laughs) Really, yeah. I mean, because that's also a role that isn't just a like a challenging character to have to play because of the state that she's in and what she's going through. But just the physicality of it, too, is really something else. And I don't know. She's got chemistry and like unique chemistry with every single person around. her. I'm so blown away by her in that show. I think she's amazing. Also, is uh, was Hunter Schaefer. Is that her name? Um which one are we talking about? I can't um, even remember the characters. The name. one who plays Jules? Yes. Oh, I forget her name, but I thought she's great, too. Yes, Hunter Schaefer. Hunter uh, Schaefer. Big, big fan. Of, I thought they were all great. <laughs> they're all really good, but I, I was familiar with, you know, Jacob Elordi, Zendaya, Maude yeah. Apatow, Barbie Fer- Ferreria. Jacob Elordi is a thing of nightmares in this show. <laughs> I know. He is, he is horrifying Horrifying. he really i haven't had a character that's not like a ghost or a slasher scare me as much as nate does in this show terrible what a manipulative douchebag oh my gosh it's like well i this is a horrible thing to say out loud but when i watch these shows obviously it's i'm not thinking from a real life perspective i'm thinking from a television i'm like you should kill him (laughs) oh my god he's so horrible yeah i mean like he doesn't have like a single redeeming no. moment in this. He is he's a fairly evil human being. Obviously you can't just kill people who bully you in real life, but in the context of watching like he's, this show, like yeah. they should kill him. Not endorsing that either, but he's a pretty bad person yeah. in this show. I also really uh liked not now we're doing like a little uh, euphoria review, but I'm so excited about it I can't help it. Um Alexa Demi who plays Maddie in it. I thought mm-hmm, she is mm-hmm. just like something else. She, she is, was another one I had not seen She before. has a couple scenes towards the end of the show that I'm like, wow, what you put yourself through to bring this content to my life. Thank <laughs> you for it. But she also was in one of my favorite movies from TIFF, Waves. And okay. uh, she has a lot of material alongside one of my favorite actors out there right now, Kelvin Harrison Jr. So it was just really great to be binging Euphoria and then to see her pop up so strongly in that. So she is and another one that I have, you know, all the faith in the world in. She has the best looks in a show full oh of really good looks. my. Yes. All the looks. All the looks in this show makes me wish that I wanted to wear glitter more, but yeah. I don't. So I'm just going to admire it on everybody else. Oh, I am like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm really upset actually that glitter costs so much because <laughs> I would have a full Euphoria collection right now. But I also love how much they glue things to their freaking faces. Yeah, that I'm really into. I feel bad running through a full cast list and not mentioning uh, Sydney Sweeney, who yeah, she's again, I and and and, and uh, Algie Smith, who uh, who's been in a whole bunch of things recently. He was just I in think the I'm hate just not give. as taken with their particular storyline, which is why neither of them came up yet. Oh, I kind of. I kind of am. Yeah. Just like the complexity of what they're going through and how they're both dealing with like other things in their lives and how it's affecting their relationship and how pure their relationship is. Because I really Mm. do believe there's like a genuine love there, but there's there's things that they can't control ripping them apart. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Something about that's really, really getting at me. But Sydney Sweeney, I thought, also had one of the 
best supporting roles in Handmaid's Tale, where mm. even though she's not on the show anymore, that's something that I'll never be able to shake what that character went through. So the fact that she popped up here so strongly, I am a big fan of her as well. I think they've assembled just a phenomenal uh, cast of characters here. I feel like she just signed on for some horror stuff. She did. Yeah. That's, yeah. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I'm trying to find it right now. Uh, Nocturne. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where is. Where is that happening? Per Deadline's description, the movie will center on the younger sister of an incredibly gifted pianist who makes a Faustian bargain to overtake her older sister at the prestigious institution for classical musicians. That's interesting. I'm picturing the perfectionist. The perfection? Uh, the, perfection. the perfection. Sure. <laughs> I just turned it into a movie about me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> spectacular. Uh, it's at Blumhouse and Amazon. Okay, that's and why I'm paying attention. I like the sounds of it. It does sound a little perfectiony, obviously because the piano thing. But I, I'm more drawn to the Faustian bargain side. I love mm, that stuff. Make deals with the devil. Um, did you see that movie at Fantastic Fest with Alexander Daddario and uh, no. Maddie Hassan and? No, I Amy wish Forsyth. I had. I love the three of them, so I'm I really wanted to see that. Big fan of Daddario. Um, I know Donato liked it. Oh, okay. That bodes well. Um, but I just... That was one of those tricky ones where it was like you could go to it opening freaking night or I think a midnighter. And it was just like, don't do that to me. Okay. Don't do that to me, please. I want to see your movies, but I can't... I'm old. I don't go to midnighters anymore. Really? No, not really. Oh, I love Midnighters. No. I like them when I could sleep a little late. It's like Midnighters are no longer a festival option for me when we have interview suites up and running yeah. because I I would not function then. I don't sleep late is, I think, my problem. I don't really sleep late too, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I think uh, going to midnight screenings at South by Southwest, which is why I loop Fantastic Fest into that conversation because yeah. they're both Austin film festivals that take place primarily at Alamo Draft Houses. I think... I don't think I've experienced a better midnight movie than a horror movie screening at midnight at a draft house. Mm -hmm. I did one at last year's Fantastic Fest, and I was I was like I felt bad for being there because I was too sick to be in public. But oh, I was like, I am no. not missing climax, and it was worth it. Yeah, that's a good one. I think yeah. the the one recent movie where I was too sick to be there and I actually quarantined myself yeah. was Deadpool 2. Like literally <laughs> everyone I knew was there and there I am sitting in the top row in like the farthest corner to the right. <laughs> That's These, what I should have and done. And like people would come up to me to say hello. I'm like, don't come near me. You I know think, what? Nobody who sat next to me got sick, though, at all. all right, so I good. was fine. And I was I like I had my hood tied up around my face yeah. and like was I very think, considerate. As much as I dislike being sick, I yeah. think what I dislike even more so than that is the fear of giving that yeah. misery to somebody else. I'll just never forget South by Southwest this year when I got really sick and I had a fly back with poor adam smith and i sat next to him on the plane and i think for days <laughs> after that i was so paranoid that he was going to walk into the office with a cold no. and at one point he's like i think you got me sick but then he was fine Yay. and i like i think i lost sleep over that <laughs> <laughs> thankfully knock on wood we're, oh. we're both healthy i don't know i feel like through october woo, i don't well i don't know about that actually i had a pretty rough weekend but uh you're you're bright and bubbly today <laughs> you're freaking glowing <laughs> Haley. in there i'm not at the doctor pretty cool i feel like and i have a fractured toe so like maybe we're not so healthy right now but it's okay well, we, we keep it chipper except for i was just gonna say like i'm turning this into therapy talking about losing sleep 
I have this annoying thing that started in the last couple months where my brain won't shut the fuck up when I go to bed and it's trying to write or run data algorithms as I'm (laughs) sleeping. And like, that's great. I'm sure I'm writing really interesting content, but I don't fucking remember it when I wake up. What a waste of my my brain. Someone's too steeped in analytics and... And, and work editor brain. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the last thing that kept me up at night like that. I feel like, I, admittedly, a lot of our Joker conversations have kept me up at night. Just, Oof. you know, being a little too hard on myself. Yeah. Like, assessing and reassessing every single word that's come out of my mouth about that movie. Just because uh, I, I think the audience for it right now is, is very hostile. With, very intense. Yeah, yeah. Which, which isn't a good thing, but, you know. I'm not a fan of that approach to movies, personally. Neither am I. Um, Whenever I get bogged down by that thought, though, I try. I really do desperately try to force myself to see the bright side and also to, you know, encourage myself to stand strong, you know. Hold tight to your opinions. Your opinions are valid, just like that other person's yes. opinions are valid, especially if you guys can have a respectable discourse about it. So it's always yeah. nice to have that reminder. I'm... Um... Aside from today's movie talk, I'm I'm pretty much hard out on all Joker conversation. To be honest, that's unfortunate. I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I, I, it saddens me because I think it's a movie that does spark a worthwhile conversation, and the fact that some aren't comfortable having that conversation anymore, and it's not worth it to them, that sucks. I, it wasn't worth it to me to talk about Captain Marvel online for Aww. the same reasons. I just I'm personally not interested in like sacrificing any part of myself to this great communal discourse i don't get the reward out of it that mm-hmm. some people seem to uh I'll i don't talk get about any, it with my friends in person i don't get any reward out of it when the conversation becomes hostile but yeah. it, like i feel like i feel like one of the greatest rewards is when i feel one way about a movie i meet someone who feels the exact opposite way and they manage to convince me of their opinion on the movie but without ever taking away from how i feel about it it's like when when that happens that's like that i mean really not the show but that's movie talk gold for me Mm. that's that's why i love what we do so much oh i love that i just don't find that that happens online very much sadly a little less often more something that happens it's it's still out there festivals it's still out there we got a lot of a lot of wonderful listeners and viewers and readers on the site i i know you're out there and we've had some wonderful conversations and i just want to do everything i possibly can to kind of you know turn like turn the course of the conversation that's been happening lately Mm mm-hmm I wish you so much good luck with Thank that. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not going to stop. I'm no, that's fine. And I, I won't stop my whole like talking to people in person about very tough topics, which some people aren't even wanting, doing, wanting to do in person anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about that. I'll, I'll talk you through some really intense stuff one-on-one, but I'm not interested <laughs> in it mob situation yeah we have had those conversations yeah intense conversations <laughs> that always result in a beer and a cheers i i love them you just can't can't get away from the intensity with me <laughs> no poor, no uh, poor poor adam smith got an earful when we were in jersey for schmodown i was like let's oh. talk about society <laughs> till five in the say, morning i was gonna say this had to be a four in the morning conversation of course it was. i feel like i would have been there had it not been for like what was i doing that weekend uh, you I don't even remember. Yeah, I brought my sister to uh, Schmodown. Sister and brother-in-law. And with the beads. Yeah, spent some baby time. Yeah. God, I want to know what they're going to dress that baby up for Halloween oh as. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> Dewey has a costume. 
Of course, Dewey. I, I have officially pressed purchase on Dewey's costume. <laughs> I am not the only hint I will give to anybody out there, and I'm going to stop and do the okay. outro right after this. I'm not even going to let you reply. I think of all the people in the Collider audience, Dorian is going to enjoy this costume more than anyone. So he's bred. All right, Haley. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm looking I at a picture right now. Her a picture of my, like, my kitty is Kruger, Freddy Kruger. <gasps> Check the hand. Oh my God, I didn't even see yeah. the hand. The oh. little sweater. This is adorable. Haley, yeah. you na- now that this happened on the show, you do know you need to post this on All Instagram. Right, I'll put it on my stories all on right, Thursday. Freddy Kruger cat is coming to Instagram. <laughs> I mean, all right, let's let's see if this gets back to Dory. And yes, yeah. Dewey is bred for Halloween. I'm serious. Yeah, he's bred. So <laughs> I, I feel like Dorian's not going to be aware of this at I all. But Dorian gonna, absolutely does not listen to the wishing hour. hundred percent. Bread, bread, Dewey will be available on Instagram in the coming weeks. Yes. Haley, where can everybody find you on the internet and all your wonderful work? You can find my work on Collider. You can find my occasional tweets on twitter.com at Haley Fouch and you can find my largely Instagram stories these days Ooh, at Haystack yes, McGroovy. Okay. I enjoy your stories. Thank you. Um, Lots of cats. Yes. Mostly yes. cats as the profile says. No, that's true. I mean, if if you like pictures of movie related things and cats, you can find yeah. me on Instagram as well at P. Nemiroff on Twitter and my work is on Collider.com and Collider Video. Yes. You guys know that. Watch Movie Talk. <laughs> Watch Movie Talk, especially on Tuesdays when Haley is on, because that day Aww. always makes me happy. All right. That's it. We're out of here. I hope you uh, enjoyed this Lucy Goosey episode of Witching <laughs> Hour, because it was fun, and we got to hang out and relax and chit-chat, and it was great. That's it. We're out of here. You have officially survived the Witching Hour. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.